Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath Podcast. On a podcast where we, myself and Paddy, are going to have... 77 or 78 minutes of complete and utter lackluster uh, behavior. And then for the last nine minutes, we're going to just, for the last 12 minutes, we're going to kick into gear. And that's where all the juicy stuff is going to be. So do not go away at the start of this podcast. The end of it is going to be really juicy. And that's where all the action is going to happen. Because we're here to talk about Fulham. And it would be remiss of us not to mimic our heroes on the field that we saw yesterday (laughs) in Villa's 3-1 win against Fulham in Villa Park. But, uh, Paddy, I suppose we did contemplate doing two podcasts, the podcast that would have been and the podcast that we're going to have now, and uh, and put both of them out and see which one got the most traction. But uh, can you make heads nor tail or any sense of what happened yesterday, especially from minute 78 onwards? Well, I can, I can certainly make it in a day of it from 78 onwards. I can make it in a day of it from 61 onwards because that's that's when the, the action started to happen and mm. and uh, it kind of forced us into a bit of action. Um, as you say, fairly lackluster, uh, not not without incident. It was, it was, you know, there was plenty of space there for both sides. They both tried to play decent attacking football. Um, we just... Our, there was no end product from ourselves. We 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 did we did the hard work. We got into positions. We attacked through the middle. McGinn came through the middle. We, we you know we've we've spoken many times about about that long cross that that's played a bit bit deeper. We tried that yesterday. It was working out well. We just couldn't get on the end of them. And um, Maddie Cash played one into Ollie Watkins, who just couldn't get out, get it out from under his feet. Um, at one stage. And you know these are all the things that I want to see. I really want to see them happening, because you know the the day is going to come where these start 
coming off, but we can't just keep getting the ball uh, to the end line and crossing them in aimlessly because we're just being swallowed up. Yeah, big fan and of that. Much better, much better. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, much, I like much easier you. to watch. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. I like you. I'm a big fan of the raking cross from maybe 10 yard or 10 or, or 20 yards deeper from maybe the edge of the area. That one that mm. kind of the whips in as opposed to getting to the end line and trying to get it across the corridor of uncertainty. Um, I think that just with the height profile of our players, we're a small team, especially in attack, we're a small team. Like take Algazi out of it there, you know, and we've no one over six foot. And I'm not even sure that Algazi is that much over six foot himself. You know, uh, from Mings, from you, you have what? I suppose realistically, you've got Mings, you've got Mings, Kanza, uh, Emiliano, Martinez, uh, Barkley, Algazi. After that, look, you're you're looking for Keenan Davis, and that's somebody we will come on to later on. But we're not we're not blessed with height over six foot, so that no, raking ball not. that kind of comes in from something the to, something to look forward to in the summer. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Um, and, and that raking ball that we, I would t- always term the Ackman and Mohammedy cross, the one that comes in yeah. from that that area that's maybe 20, 25 yards just over the halfway line, and it causes consternation because what it allows people to do is allows people to get in at that back post. Goalkeepers aren't sure whether to come for it because you get a nick on your head and the head there. It's the trajectory of that ball is very difficult. It go like you get a nick a nick of a header or you don't get a full connection and it goes behind you and that ball normally goes at an angle towards the goals just because of the trajectory mm-hmm. of the ball. So it's a much more dangerous cross. Now it's a less profitable cross from the point of view of it has to be bang on. And I go back to talking about corners. Why do we leave John McGinn on? people who are clearly bigger and taller than him at the back post and the reason being is that the percentages of getting the ball in that in that exact position are, are a lot lower and you saw yesterday McGinn was McGinn was wrestling with Mitrovic at in and around the back post making sure that he couldn't make that run around defenders in maybe to get to the front post or get to the middle of the goals for corners so why do Villa do that why do teams not make this obviously more dangerous ball because you have a lot more men to beat you have a lot more men to beat with the cross, number one, and it has to be pinpoint to get it into that area. But I'd prefer to see us cross the balls from that area all day long than for us to take it to the end line and not beat the first man or float one to the back post whereby there's no zip on it and it has to be a really good header, a really good connection from the from the striker or the winger coming in there. I think you give yourself more opportunities. Uh, and, and look, I'm... Look, our three goals came from crosses from the byline, so I know exactly what we did when we were and how productive we were from the byline yesterday. But I think overall, I'm a big fan of at least testing the defense with those crosses early on. And you said that we saw a lot of those from Matty Cash and from from, from Matty Target as well. So I was a big fan of that. Really, really like mm-hmm. to see it as well. Um, let's talk about the elephant in the room, or, or the first of two elephants. I think that plowed their way through down through the middle of this um of this game. And we did have our team sheet tantrum, as we like to call it, our live our live segment on, on YouTube prior to the game. But for those that couldn't make that, Paddy, what were your feelings on Jack Grealish and him not being in the squad, um, not being in the squad for yesterday's game? Talk to us a small bit about that. Well, obviously you're disappointed, you know. But if he's if he's if he's not right, he's not right. There's no point in putting him in and aggravating it any further. Um. I was a little disappointed that he trained all week and then it only reared its head on the on the day before, considering that you would hope that all they'd be doing the day before is a little five-a-side and working on set pieces and tactics or whatever. Um, but look, that 
it could be just an accumulation of what happened all week that he, he just felt a bit of tightness or soreness there. Um, there's a lot to consider with this. Um, is this something that's going to be huge for us in the coming years? Is this something that needs to be looked at? Is Does he need to take time out, have an operation? We, we don't know the extent of the injury. Um, from my point of view, I'd rather he went now and had the operation if there's one needed because the season is effectively over. We, we can't really push um, too much further than where we are. Um, and if it means he's at 100% going into pre-season training, I'd nearly prefer that's what he did. And I've no information to base that on other than you'd have to ask the question, can it be rectified? Um, is, is it only rest that's required? And I'm sure they have every available um, surgeon and whatever to look at it and physio. So um, I'm sure they're doing the right thing. But that, that that's just my opinion that I think if, if it needs to be done, why not do it, get it out of the way and uh, start building towards next season? Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm reluctant to make any comment on it without knowing what the injury was. You know. Yeah, yes, and, and, and it's just you, you asked me to address what what I was of, feeling. No, about of it. course. Yeah. yeah, that's that's that that's a completely hypothetical scenario because we don't mm. know what it is, and I completely understand that. And I'm not trying to spin the yarn here. You know that that's just my way. When I when I heard it yesterday, or sorry, on, on, it started on uh, Saturday evening. Somebody Saturday sent evening. me a message to say that. They heard Jack was out the next day, and I was like, that's a bit strange. And then it was all over Twitter yesterday afternoon, and then sure enough, he wasn't in the squad. And strangely, wasn't at the game, because in all the other games that we've, we've played, he's been there and the camera's been on him every time there's been a bit of downtime in the game. So um, I thought we would have saw him there. But look, maybe maybe he needed his, his foot elevated or whatever it is. But look, I, ju- I just really want us to get to the bottom of it and get it sorted. Um, it's 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 obviously something that he's he's suffered with in the past, and that's the worrying element for me. Yeah, him not being in the stands, my my, I, I didn't even think about that until you said it there. And I suppose the first thing that popped into my mind there was maybe this is root and branch from the club to say, wait a minute, maybe he's a distraction being in the stands. Yeah, he's 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 great for us, but how's Buddy watched it from the corner from the 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 the, the fucking restaurant there, yeah. the corner flag or whatever, like take him out of there there was a lot of conversation about him looking gaunt and the the you know all those really kind of horrible things that people were talking about him and putting him in mm-hmm. people putting two and two together and getting 476 also slagging him over his onesie all that kind of stuff maybe the club decided listen the juice ain't worth the squeeze here rolling this guy out to show him as you know less he's there yeah. he's part of the team we don't really need to do any more of that. We're at the point of diminishing returns from that. So let's let him watch it, but let him watch it from a box. He doesn't need to be out there front and center. I would. I, mm. The more I'm saying this, the more I think that it's 100 that that's that's what the story was here. And I don't think it's anything more nefarious. I think it just invites yeah. more questions from the media as to well, if he's up in the stands, what's I going agree. on with him? Yeah. And, and 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 bits and pieces there. Um, but it's going to be an interesting one. We'll keep an eye on it, uh, I'm sure. And if it is just a small reoccurrence of the shin splints or the shin injury that he had, I don't even know if it was a shin splints. I don't even know why I said that. But um, um, we will look. We'll keep we'll keep abreast of the situation. And um, look, he's he's pivotal to us. And, well, they, and they have said it's a shin injury, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a reoccurrence yeah. of probably the other one, and not a fresh injury, I would imagine, because I know that some of the Twitter so. things yeah. were saying it was a fresh injury. So that actually makes me a small bit more confident. Because like I'd hate that if he was coming back from shin splints or shin injury, and the next thing all of a sudden pulled the hammer, 
you know, that would be a disaster altogether. So yeah. I'm a bit okay. Maybe it was just inflammation. They were looking at Fulham. They said, listen, we might turn these guys over and we'll, we'll unleash him against Liverpool. All conjecture and zero, based in zero fact, just the ramblings of an Irish man who has no connections with the club. That's really my thoughts from me. That's me, not you. You've loads of connections with the club. You are Mr. Aston Villa. <laughs> me, ramblings of an Irishman. That's all it is. But we started the, the game and we had um, front three of Watkins, El Ghazi, and uh, Bertie Traore. Midfield was Sanson and, and Louise Holding. As we mentioned, that McGinn played for a bit further forward and through the middle. Um, do you think that worked, Paddy? Do you think it worked? I think it did. Um, I think there was a bit of an element of surprise there. Um, I think he got a bit of change out of them, albeit he was stifled as he got nearer the box. But I think we saw um, many flashes of the old John McGinn that we we know and love. Um, you know, r- running at full tilt with the ball, get, getting into areas. The, the end product wasn't there, unfortunately. But we know like he, he got a couple of shots away. Um, we know what he's well capable of. So, you know, we, we cried out for it at the start when we saw the team being named. So I was happy to see him in that advanced position, specifically because, as we mentioned in, in, in our preview, of how well he did in that position for the for the national team. Yeah. What I liked about and what I asked for in the in the pre-match game, pre-match, uh, what do we call it, the team sheet tantrum, um, I said, I'd like to see us attack more down the middle. Um, I would be happy if I saw us attack down the middle. And we did. First 10 minutes, we, he was very direct. He was picking the ball up there at the edge of the center circle and he was turning and he was running. And mm. uh, in his very, very familiar, sw- he runs like he swims. That's kind of the way it looks like. His arms are moving, his shoulders are going, are, are, are moving when he runs. But he was driving forward on the ball. Look, he looked like a guy who hadn't played in that position for Aston Villa for a period of time because when he got to a certain area, he stopped and played the ball out wide. And that's fine. I'm I'm absolutely okay with that. But that also sets up for maybe a potential that if I do that the first two or three times, next time I'm running a defender, defender's going to set his feet square and I can zip inside him and take it forward again. So a lot of those little moves of getting the ball out wide, it's the percentage play again. It's a case of, all right, defender, yeah, I'm only coming this far because my manager doesn't want me to go any further and I don't have the confidence to shoot, so I'm going to shift the ball out here. So the next time or maybe the fourth time or the fifth time I try this, you're going to be expecting me to shift the ball out wide. You're going to plant your feet fat, feet flat or maybe get square with me and I'm gone in between the two E. One of you brings me down, it's a red card or when it's, I'm gone in between the two E, there's no catching me. So mm-hmm. I, I liked what he was doing. I just think that, I think we might might have reverted to type as the game went, as the first half went down. Um, but I'm, I'm, the, the, I'm going to call it a pre-planned um, game plan that we had for the first 15, 20 minutes. I thought it worked okay, and I thought maybe after the first 20 minutes, maybe we began to lose a small bit of a foothold in midfield, um, and that's when Fulham got into it, and Mitrovic started tried that audaciously long-range shot from inside his own half and stuff like that. You know, We, we, we started to lose a bit of a foothold there, but um, I was happy enough with that. I was happy enough with the setup, but against a team like Liverpool, I don't know. It's going to be completely different, yeah. But look, we're on, we only play what, what's in front of us. So, oh, yeah. you know, the, I think I think in general you couldn't really fault the game plan. I think for large periods of the game, we were the better side. And um, they did get back into it. They did do, they did do some quite 
you know, let's let's call a spade a spade. They were quite good at times. Um, they they aren't a, they aren't a bad side. They're well able to play ball. Um, you know, as I said in the preview, I think I think they will have enough to stay up eventually. I think they will push on and get a few results. Um, and and they will drag Newcastle or Brighton back into it, specifically Newcastle. Um, they'll be fine. I think I really do. I think I think Fulham will do a Villa as opposed to Villa doing a Fulham last year, as everyone says. You know, I, I think they will be there. Um, and and when they play Newcastle on the last day, they, they'll they'll be fighting for their lives. But um, back back to the most important matter is uh, our game yesterday. Um, we we said it before. We needed three points by any means necessary yesterday. We got our three points. And let's face it, we, we had a majestic last 13 minutes of the game. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. Um it you know, we, we spoke we spoke about the games after Project Lockdown or Project Restart last year. There, there's gonna be a few of them in the next few weeks, and I think we'll remember this one as as hopefully the one that pushes on and shows us what we can do. Because we we, we just we were bereft of any ideas for the last five or six weeks. Um, and we go out yesterday and score three goals in nine or ten minutes or whatever it was. Um, and all with a huge influence from, from what came off the bench. So and we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. We, we'll get to that in a moment. There's a couple of other things I think we want to speak about and get that out. And we'll finish on a positive note, I yeah. think. Paddy, do you remember we used to speak... A, Pretty much, we nearly made a living out of speaking on nothing else other than VAR. Um, he oh, came back worry. again we'll last do a lot night. Of that today. <laughs> VAR yeah. came back with a bang last night, yesterday, and I know people can turn around and say, "Oh, but the deviation of the ball was right, and Sunes was right, and everything like that." But Paddy, talk to me. I'm your therapist. What? Well, how did you feel VAR? What did you? What? What did you make of the penalty? The bottom line is, or the not what? penalty. What they were looking at was completely correct in not awarding a penalty, but they weren't looking at the full movement of possession. John McGinn was fouled coming into the box. It was a stonewall penalty. He gave yellow cards for it earlier in the game, the pulling and dragging, and and they dragged him to the ground anyways, play on. <laughs> Somehow the ball squirms back across that side. Ollie Watkins is caught, but caught after the ball is cleared. Absolutely no problem with that decision. I, 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 we watched it, I don't know how many times, but I think from the first um, replay I could see there was enough on the ball from the defender to, to deviate the ball the other way. But the huge elephant in the room with VAR is that they need to grow a pair and say to the referee, yes, there's no penalty there, but there was a penalty just before that incident and you need to have a look at that. And don't even get me started on the referee arriving over to a monitor and realising he's on TV and proceeds to fix his hair. Like, what are we dealing with here? This is a game of bloody football, and this idiot is, is fixing his hair. Now, we've had this referee before, and he's been particularly poor, but I thought, I'm not blaming him for the McGinn decision in real time, two players surrounding him, very hard to see the contact, but a VAR doesn't help him out and back him up and say, Sorry, Andy, you need you need to have a look at this one as well. And once they see that pull on McGinn's arm or whatever it was, there's no referee in the world that's not going to give a penalty there because he'll just be vilified for it. And I hope he is vilified for it. I saw um, uh, an article there with Keith Hackett came out and 
has had its say about it. And there's no question that that should have been a penalty. And it's it's refreshing that we can give out about it, knowing that it hasn't affected us throughout the game. So, uh, or, or the results, more importantly. But um, I, th- I think it would have set up a completely different second half and, and, they, and they would have been really pounding us and we probably would have hit them on the break earlier. But anyway, it is what it is. But my opinion is, yes, they got the decision right with Ollie Watkins. 100% got the decision wrong with John McGinn. Rant I can't over. disagree with that. I can't disagree <laughs> with that. My my biggest problem with VAR in general, and I think it always will be, and I'm just going to put this on on, uh, on record and just, just play it out every time, is that the Premier League law says that VAR is only used for clear and obvious errors or serious misincidents in four... Um, Four match-changing situations, which are goals, penalty decisions, direct red card incidents, and mistaken identity. Uh, the clear and obvious error—they just need to get rid of it. Like they, they just need to get rid of it because further down on the on the um the law, it also says that uh, where is it here? That there's a high bar, uh, so that the 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 level of intervention would only come when it meets a meets a high bar um situation, which I have no idea what that means. Once again, ambiguous language. And here is the even more confusing piece, yeah. because later on it says that VAR will will intervene regardless of how marginal the decision is. So why is clear and obvious in there? If they're going to intervene regardless of how marginal the error is, I just think clear and, clear and obvious just doesn't need to be in there, because you, me, everybody else involved in the media always trots out that was that clear and obvious. And that's a big ball breaker for me, because... If it's not in there, I don't have a problem with that penalty not given. But my for for what happened to Watkins. But what my big problem with it is is it wasn't clear and obvious. They had to slow it down to like frame by frame by frame. Mm. They only played him one. They played him one 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 angle as well, which to me is amazing. Um, but yeah. just take clear and obvious out of the fucking thing. I think would be fine. Then I wouldn't do half as much rent. There's, there's so much confusing language in that statement alone. Yeah, that. You're actually bamboozled to what they can actually do and what they can't do. Yeah. Clear and obvious is what, what they're hiding behind. Like you show the replay, for me, it was clear and obvious that it wasn't a penalty. But why are they not looking two seconds earlier to what went on? But it's clear That's and obvious, Paddy, when, it, when it's broken down to like frame by frame by frame. So in yeah. the, in, in real time, it's not clear and obvious. So if, it's yeah. like if that was given, if, if you didn't see the slow motion, no one would have given out about that penalty. But I've, uh, like as I said in in my rant there a couple of minutes ago, I've no problem with it. I have no problem with coming to the right decision as long as they yeah. get to the right decision and they get the right decision for everybody, right? We we'll go what's back. Clear to, and obvious. We we'll go back That's to Paul Pogba telling telling uh, uh, Luke yeah. Shaw was it run down the line? You have to dive. You have to dive. Yeah. That and 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 sure enough, what happened later on? They got a penalty, which was meh, clear and obvious. Yeah. You know, anyway, um, we could go on all day about 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 my conspiracy theories, but if if they if they rule out penalties like that, they need to do it for everybody, and they're not doing it for everybody, and that's my problem. I absolutely think so. Harry Kane gets that penalty, and that that's, that's oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> I knew if I said that, you'd agree. With me. Me again. 
What about what happened in the 61st minute, Paddy? And we won't dwell on it too much, as I say, because we want to we want to finish this in a positive. But it is a noteworthy piece. We went down 1-0 uh, from a, a very comfortable position. Uh, yeah. Lack of concentration from Tyrone Mings. And uh, somehow we end up with Amy Martinus trudging out of his goal coming dirty 20, 25 or 6 yards to come out uh, of his penalty area. Mitrovic just had a clear shot on goal. Nothing yeah. against Martinez, but just a bit of a cavalier relax, la- relaxed attitude, split second of misconcentration. And what was your view on it? Talk me through what um, you feel about that. Well, I, I was disappointed. And, and the reason I was disappointed was I think since Christmas, Mings has eradicated that little brain fart out of out true. of each game, Very and true. you know, I, I I I'm not in the in the camp of calling them out over mistakes. You can make a mistake, but before Christmas, I felt he had won a game. Every game was won. It didn't automatically lead to a goal, but it meant to giving the ball away stupidly in in a def, in a defensive position, which you just can't do. And since Christmas, I felt. He's minimalized the amount of touch he had the ball on the ball. He's releasing it quicker, sooner, sometimes longer. And um it was just an unusual position. He he was caught himself in. He was just caught with I think initially he was caught in two minds, and then right at the last second he decided to give it back to Martinez. And mm. he, he had too he had too much of a stretch to 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 get a, a decent contact on the ball. But there was no danger. There was absolutely no danger from what I could see. The options were there. Mm. He could have went across to Maddie Cash. He could or uh, was was Conza was close to him. Matty Cash was wide. He could have he could have put the ball out for a throw. He could have looked for Matt Target down the line, and unfortunately, he, he, he made the wrong decision. He could have done a Klinsman as the ball was coming to him from Kanza and knocked the ball six yards in front of him, as opposed to knocking it six yards behind him, and we would have been in no danger. <laughs> exactly. But look, I, I'm not digging yeah. him out. I'm I, I'm not digging him out here. Uh, I oh, I actually 100 percent agree with like, you. Let's, He'd let's be fair, I did that. say that. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I truly believe that that's that's been worked on, and he and he has yeah. got rid of that little um, mistake out of his game. But you know, they all made every one of them has made a mistake at some stage during the game. It's just when you're in that position, so close to your own goal, you're going to get punished at that level. And there was still a lot of work for Mitrovic to do. In fairness to him, and he 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 took it well. He got he went around Martinez and stuck it in the net. Now I thought he mishit it when he. I thought he was gonna miss. I don't even. I, I don't remember what the finish was like. I think I was going. I think I was like, "Oh my god, what's just happened?" I think that's the way I was at that stage. I was. It was like I wasn't he stamped on the ball as opposed to kicking it, so it just kind of trickled more than he would have liked. I would imagine. <laughs> Uh, I, I wasn't annoyed mm-hmm. with Mings. I wasn't annoyed, angry with him, should I say. I was disappointed, I suppose. I was frustrated mm-hmm. at, at how it happened. Frustrated at the fact that, oh, well, is this going to be another game that we should have won, that we've maybe shot ourselves in the foot with, um, from just not showing up, not turning up. Mm-hmm. But look, always forgiven. Always forgiven. 11, what was it, uh, 17 minutes later, when Tyrone Mings makes the decision to make up for his effort. And this wasn't a lucky thing from Tyrone Mings. Tyrone Mings broke his absolute nuts to get in there, get win back that ball, take it to the byline. And he made an absolutely brilliant cross with his, uh, yeah. it was left foot across, but perfect even, position. Even even before the cross, the, the movement with target yes. to, create that, to create that space. Now, I think he got a bit lucky. I think his cross went through someone's legs, didn't it, directly in front of him? Memory serves me correctly. That's, yeah, but like that's, you know, as I say, that's, <laughs> Neither here nor there. that's our part of the game. It was pinpoint. Um, Trezeguet was coming onto it, and I had a little bit of a <gasps> not Trezeguet with his left foot. No, <laughs> but 
But uh, as I say. well, you know, he, he passed the ball into the net. It was about as measured as you can get. And uh, you you would even draw a comparison to the the Trezeguet that played for France in in 1998. It was an impeccable finish. Yeah, I'm trying to think who passed the ball to him to that to that Trezeguet to David Trezeguet. I can't remember. <laughs> I actually can't. No, that's going to annoy me now. So I'm going to have to watch the highlights Ch- of that game. Chiram, is it? I have to. Was it Chiram? Could have been Chiram. Yeah, could have been Chiram. That yeah, could have been. It's going to annoy me. I'm going to have to watch it afterwards. Answers in the postcard, please, everybody. Leave comments underneath it on Instagram or on, on YouTube or drop us a line on Twitter. Oh, by the way, actually, while we're talking about it, if you guys don't follow us on YouTube, absolutely, please. We would love uh, a subscription on YouTube. Trying to get, uh, trying to build our audience there as well. We will be doing more live stream stuff there. But obviously, the podcast is going to be our bread and butter because we love podcasts because they're not live streams. So if we make a mistake, we can always edit it out. <laughs> and I might even edit out this piece as well because I've said the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud. Um, <laughs> but yes, we get back into it through, uh, through Mamou Trezeguet. Um, left-footed finish, brilliant uh, finish. Just moments before that, he absolutely tried to pace the ball. And I don't think I've ever seen him take a harder shot in my whole entire life. He absolutely <laughs> paced it. Um, and that, like, he was up for it. Um, I'll be honest yeah. with you. I, he, he, was on, he was on for about five minutes before I realized he was on. Which isn't which isn't a bad thing. And next thing I realized he was that way. So I paced that ball, uh, that 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 shot. But he got the goal, and then you know that gave us confidence. I text, was it you? I text, or I can't remember. I was texting somebody. I text after that goal went in. I said we we will go on and win this. I just had a feeling that we would. Uh, mm. I went from disconsolate to uh, supremely confident at that point in time. Not as confident as you because I didn't put a bet on in match that Villa would win uh, when they were one 0 down. Yeah. But you well, did, I, and you reaped the rewards. I put it on when we made the subs because I could see there was just an extra impetus, and I checked it and it was twenty five to one. So I said, oh, "I'll stick a fiver in it and see what happens." And uh, lo and behold, we went two one up. Now I'll hold my hands up and say I cashed out at two one because. I thought we were starting to let them back into it for a couple of minutes, and mm. and and then obviously we got the third one. But I had cashed out, so I made I made a ninety eight euro something on my cash out. So not bad for a day's work. Yeah, um, not bad at all. But I wish you'd share. <laughs> I wish you'd share your your gut feelings because I had no luck whatsoever. Um, the good feeling doesn't always work, though, you know. Uh, yeah, but I suppose we just, only ever hear about the wins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but look, the the, the substitutions, we, we, that that's the huge thing for the game for us. Um, um, first off, shout out to Morgan Sanson. I think he's going to develop into a decent footballer. Um, I like the look of him. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't have anything bad to, to said against him. He's going to grow into a footballer for us for many years to come. Um, but probably had run its course and made the sub. Uh, Jacob Ramsey. Oh, I just saw a different side of him yesterday. He is one tough cookie. He was getting stuck in left, right, and center. Somebody bullied him at one stage and he absolutely clobbered him, sent him flying backwards. It's just, you know, it's, it's a joy to watch a young lad coming on and, and trying boss players like that. It's brilliant. You reminded me of Nicky Butter, David Batty. It was a real throwback. Like it was a throwback to the late 90s of that, that type of. Midfield, that type of British midfielder that would go in there and would, you know, leave a foot in and almost be proud of it, you know, and I mm. like and, and be proud to be able to stand his ground. You know, you go back to I watched the Jack, I only got around to watching the Jack Charlton documentary last night, and you know, that throwback player that was like, right, 
I'm going to throw down fists here because I actually, I really want to win this game, you know. And and look, he's a local kid, Jacob Ramsey. Does he support Villa? I presume he's a Villa fan. I'm, I, 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 I don't know. Does, yeah. um, I you know, it felt like it meant a bit to him yesterday. He was kind of like, mm. "Fuck this shit. We're after going down one nil. I'm going to come <laughs> on. I'm going to turn this around." And this is because this is my yeah. club. So like, this is the thing, Liverpool. Liverpool have done it for years. They've brought through their mm. own, up through the academy. You indoctrinate people into your way of thinking for your club. You make them want to literally, like we all say, you all want somebody wants to lay down in front of a in front of a tank for your club, you know. And yeah. if you bring in somebody like that, like Ramsey came on yesterday, and I got messages from two or three people going, "Oh my god, I thought this guy was a bit slight." Like they weren't even Villa fans. They said, I "Thought this guy was slight. He was going to come on and just be a nice mm. little passer of the ball and not affect the game." Then all of a sudden he comes in, starts throwing, throwing himself around the place. Yeah. Absolutely and fantastic. If someone had a message me that, I would have completely agreed with them. Yeah. That, that was my opinion of him. Now, a big shout out to whoever gave him his final uh, few words of encouragement going onto the pitch because he, he went on with a flea in his ear. And he, Jesus, I, I, I was shocked. I was genuinely shocked at how physical he was and how much he really wanted it and how much he was up for it. So... Um, it was a masterstroke. It paid off. Um, coupled with the other two substitutions that were made, big shout out to Trezeguet. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, I just wish, I wish, I wish he did it all the time because there's a fantastic footballer in there. You know, you mentioned that one that, that he hit like a rocket and skied high and wide or whatever. Um, he has them in his locker. He did it. Was it Arsenal last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was he had Arsenal he hit a foot. A fine finish against Leicester as well in the cup semi final last year. They're in his locker, but I prefer to see that measured uh, finish, especially the first one yesterday, and then to top it off. But we'll get to that because we haven't spoken about the second goal yet. Um, yeah, and and remind me to say something as well afterwards because it ties in this a bit more probably with the second goal. But the second goal was the making of was made by should I say another sub that came on. We haven't even mentioned him, Keenan Davis. Came on, played. We kind of we didn't fully switch to a four four two. Watching back the game, we didn't fully switch to a four four two. But what it did is it allowed us to rotate Keenan Davis and Ali Watkins into positions, so that Davis would be the main outlet ball, and Watkins could float. He was kind of he, he was doing a lot of floating boat mm. wings, and Trezeguet was doing a lot of floating boat wings, and we could see that's why the space was opening up at back post for both of those people because they were able to get they were they were less central, they were less stagnant, they were less. Yeah. Um, they were less curtailed, by positionally curtailed. So Davis comes on, he wins the ball, he takes it down down towards the end line and whips in a beauty of a cross. And nothing, nothing short of a beauty of a cross all the way to the back post. And tries to give it this lovely little deft little proper <laughs> place to finish, you know? Like, that's a, that's a, the two goals, pass the ball into the net. Yeah. It's fantastic. That's all you did to do. It's fantastic. Um, and this, my, my, my point in that is, and I'll say it because I will forget it, and I, and I really want yeah. to get this one out. I said it in the Villa View yesterday as well, that like we do a lot of moaning and bitching and giving out about Agassi or Trezeguet from time to time. And look, we, we don't, we, we mean about 70%, of, uh, we mean about 60% of it and 40% of it is frustration. And I think that that's okay, but we yeah. never go in too hard on them because at the end of the day, these guys must be talented footballers to be playing in the best league in the world. Um, and I know somebody's probably going to put in the comments underneath and go, yeah, but didn't Chris Ray play, in it, play here? What about Bosco Balaban? I know, I know. There's always exceptions to the rule. But what I mean by it is these guys have talent better than any of, any of us that are listening to this podcast. And what I mean by this is that sometimes 
when somebody sometimes when something somebody hap- something happens in a game whereby you have to allow your natural ability to take hold like like a golfer is what I, what, I, what I equated it to sometimes when a golfer has too much time to think about an effort they make a balls of it but sometimes when the ball comes to them or they're in an area of comfort and like that with Trezeguet he's at the back post he just taps it in that's his natural ability that's not anything that he's that he needs to think about that came to him without thinking about it mm. sometimes when you're thinking about a shot like the one that went high wide and handsome he got that ball he looked it up and he went right i'm going to think about this i'm going to get my head down under it i'm going to lace it through and this is going to fly in the top corner and it only flew into the top corner of the north stand you know so um so so that's what i'm talking about you know here that that finish was very much a guy who was just in the zone and was acting on instinct and yeah. that's great i want to see much more of that from players but a golfer is an interesting comparison because we're, we we mainly talk about Trezeguet and El Ghazi. If a golfer is playing like Trezeguet and El Ghazi and wins one tournament a year or two tournaments a year and has mm. two good games a year, they don't get their card for the following year. So Trezeguet and El Ghazi, for me, do they deserve to still be there next year? At the moment, I'm leaning more towards Trezeguet because... He seems to want to work harder. El Ghazi, I, I think his torque hard is gone. I think he's on the way out for me. Um, I think if an offer came in, they'd snap their hands off for El Ghazi. He just doesn't do it often enough. Now, you know, credit where it was due. He had a great December, but there's more than one month in the season. It needs to be. I, I think for us to push on, we need people doing it week in, week out. And those that aren't doing it week in, week out, maybe we need to shift them on. That's and that's going to be that might be a little bit might be a little bit harsh for people, but that's just completely my opinion. And I don't have that. There will have to be people shipped out because we we're we're at the limit of of well we're not at the limit, and I know that we've gotten rid of people, but there will be squad turnover, like you know. So there will Mm. be people be sold. Uh, You know what? For the first time in a hell of a long time, we're in a position where we can sell players and get semi decent transfer fees back from for them. Like, you yeah. know, I'm not saying that a guy's going to go, for, if he does be sold, he may not be sold at all, but if he does get sold, mm-hmm. he might be sold for 10 million, you know, which, go back to Aston Villa's transfers of players out, aren't that many 10 million players that Villa, Villa have ever sold? So mm-hmm. it's all about brand building brand, even though there's a player here that doesn't fit in. And we could see some surprise exits from the team as well, which is, you know, with, with recruitment is okay. Um but yeah, I, look, I, I understand what you mean. We're not calling for him to be sold. We think that, listen, look, I think that that's an area that we're going to we're going to um, kick on in yeah. in the summer. And if we are going to have to, there's only enough, there's only so many seats at the table, you know. And that's, we're, we're, in, we're in an unusual position, especially for ourselves, in that those homegrown players don't take up space in that 25-man squad. So let's utilise that by having the likes of Ramsey. Uh, I think Keenan is probably coming towards his last... Uh, <laughs> year of that i think it goes up until you're under 23 does it i have to double yeah, check uh, and then we have the likes, of, the likes of all the players that we name week in week out coming through that under 23 team that we can call upon as additional players to that 25 plus we're going to lose we're going elmo's probably going to go uh neil taylor's going to go uh bjorn engels may go there's, there's there's plenty of room there for turnover but you know come back to what what i was saying i just i just think El Ghazi's tour card is over, to use your uh, analogy. And if Courtney Howes goes, Paddy, we riot. That's when we riot. Oh, I yeah. don't care about any travel bans. I'll be over there. <laughs> don't yeah. be getting rid of my Courtney Howes now. Can't hear me. If anybody's listening, 
um let's talk about the third goal paddy um tell me about it not it's wonder and glory yeah yeah i actually looked across i i didn't celebrate because i figured there was something wrong because ali watkins didn't really celebrate himself he, i think he was kind of shocked at how easy and it came about an absolute average at the back post yeah. as well <laughs> Yeah, um, Bertrand Traore, great ball across in behind the back four. You know, as, look, you know, you have to mix up the the pass, and we saw like let let's not uh, gloss over the fact that Keen, if 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 Jack Grealish had across the ball for the second goal like Keenan Davis, we every uh, news article in the country would be saying how good a ball that was. Keenan Davis' pass was sublime; it was absolutely on point. And as was Bertrand Traore for the third goal, straight straight across in front of the back four, and it was a simple tap in. But I honestly thought it was offside or something wrong because Ollie Watkins just turned around with a Roy smile on his face. There wasn't much of a, a fist pump or anything like that. Yeah, I think I th- I think probably the right smile in the face was it worked. I finally was able to shake somebody off, and the fact that when Keenan Davis came on, he was drawing people, and and Watkins is like. Finally, I've been able to get into where I wanted to get at the back post as opposed to have to get out across Tosin. Um, I'm gonna to call him Tosin because I, I struggle with his surname and, and Anderson. He was able to he was able to lurk at the in and around the, the, the edge of the area, the penalty spot, and make his run to the back post, and he was completely unchallenged. I think that's what he did. It was like kind of goes back, I suppose, to if you do something ten times during the match, so people begin to pick up on a pattern and they go, Right, I'm getting a bit tired here. I'm gonna take a chance, you're gonna do this again. Watkins wasn't tired, and Watkins went, Ha, ah, made you look, ended up at the back post and was able to put it in the back of the net. Uh, I love the third goal. As I say, uh, I didn't I, I barely sat down from goal one to goal three. But um, it was it was it was a completely different game, a completely different feeling. I think at the end of that, which was always good because the first time we've come back to win a game this season, monkey off our back, pushing on towards a difficult run yeah. in this season. Let's see where we can go. I'm not going to talk about Europe, but there is five points between us and Europe at the moment. But we do play two team, three teams that are actually we play all teams that are ahead of us nearly: Bar Crystal Palace and uh, and, 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 and West Brom. Yeah. So. That's points and teams that are above us. So look, if we no, really want to go win. Done, this season, we've done very well against the teams above us. That's it's it. not completely over. I, I've kind of, I've kind of tried to stop myself dreaming about it because uh, it would be fantastic. But you know, it's it's a process where we're rebuilding. Everything is going in the right direction. And huge shout out to the management team for the substitutions they made yesterday. They changed the game. They spotted where. Uh, where Fulham were, were struggling or tired or just running out of puff. We we got in, we got about them, we got three goals and job done. And, you know, there's many people calling out Dean Smith that just baffles me. You know, <laughs> it's the job he has done from coming in and, and, and taking us in the championship to where we are now is absolutely incredible. And for someone to say Dean Smith out at this stage is just, you'd want to be seriously asking yourself questions. And I didn't entertain it. I get upset. Yeah. Don't look if for if for any other reason not to say Dean Smith out. Think of me. I get upset, and 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 I'm a nice fella. I'm pretty sound. So so to, you don't want Neil to be upset. I, I'm in a so soft old soul. Okay. So think of me when yeah. you're saying that. I got to the stage now where I just don't read it. Or if it's someone I know, I just tell him to shut up. You're talking to me, shut. You know. And that's the way. Jerk. It is it's, it's stupid, yeah. really. It's stupid. 
you've got you've got to you got to support them. Um, you know, you always get the comments. What what is John Terry doing? Their defense is unrecognizable yeah. since since uh, after lockdown last year. We fourteen clean sheets. Probably should have had another one yesterday. Should have broken the record. I didn't even think of that. Now I'm more pissed off the fact that we yeah. we can see the goal. If I if I was Emmy Merton, is I'd, I'd be fucking Tyrone Mings out of it because of that one. But oh. look, it, it will come. I'm pretty sure he'll do it. Um, it it's got what what's going to happen now is after us, after us coming from behind to win a game. That's one stick that that that's the just, TV yeah. companies can't beat us with. So now it'll but, be but it's all the monkey on the back, back now is beating this clean yeah, sheet. Yeah. Exactly. It's it yeah. is the point of we've proved it. We've proven it to ourselves. Now, literally, I uh, I'm struggling to think of of any other negative. I'm putting up for for those who are listening to the podcast. I did the rabbit ear quotation mark thing, but uh, any other negative kind of connotations you could think about with Aston Villa here, other than oh well, I suppose the next one that they trot out is well they've performed better against the top teams than the the can't be the teams around them. So there's always some stick to beat them with, but. Look, I'm okay with that. We're I prefer I prefer to be beating the bigger teams to be finishing eighth and ninth in the in the league than to not be beating anyone and scraping seventeenth. And as long as nobody has to ever mention, well, you only stayed up because Hawkeye was broken. I'm a happy man. I'm an absolute happy man. Paddy, who do we give our Lakers sportsman a match to? Well, I'm not sure if you'll be in agreement, but I just can't see past Trezeguet. And how well he did when he came on and scoring two vitally important goals, and you know we we kicked him when he's down, um, and I, I mean that loosely. We never really throw the boot in on people, but I just hope he pushes on now. I really, really want him. I'd, I'd love to see El Ghazi do the same. I just can't see it happen. I think there's more hope for for Trezeguet, but for me, he was man of the match yesterday and how he changed the game when he came on. Um. Watch out for some T-shirts. T-shirts will be coming soon with Trezegol, because I am now christening him Trezegol uh, after yesterday. Um, T-shirts may not be coming, by the way. Uh, but if anybody steals it, I will have you in court. I will have my day in court. I know my rights. Uh, and it is my word. It's my name for him. So nobody's allowed to steal it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Trezegol, I'm okay with that. Uh, two goals. Look, two goals in the space in no time. Completely changing the game, bringing in a bit of energy. Uh, he did what we've been looking for somebody to do and grab it by the scruff of the neck up there uh, since Jack has been out. And he put a very nice glass on a potentially uh, to coin a phrase by, or to steal a phrase from your favourite ever footballer, maybe not your favourite ever Ireland manager, Steve Staunton. It was a potential banana skin today after uh after 61 minutes but we came out of it with a 3-1 win and actually yeah. if i'm not mistaken i think i think we beat san marino for that that day 3-1 as well Stephen ireland had an absolute belter came off the Two bench and actually changed yeah. the game yeah. yeah 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 but uh yeah steve staunton his san marino were a potential banana skin comment i don't think i'll ever get over that one um still, but, still, has, yeah. a better, still has a better record than our current manager though uh, i know that. i know but uh, this is this is an Aston Villa podcast. The Irish podcast will might come at some stage if we ever if we ever get good again. Um, but no, look, green nobody shoots. Listen. Nobody will listen. That's it. Green shoots a recovery. Um, let's yep. see what we do. Look, Liverpool are going to be a completely different task. We will be back with you guys for a team sheet tantrum. Um, about ten to two on Saturday. 
um, just with a little team sheet, uh, a live show on YouTube. So if you aren't following us, you aren't subscribed on YouTube, click on the subscribe button, click on the bell to be notified when we go live. And uh, that was a right bit of crack, to be honest with you, the team sheet tantrum that we had on, on Saturday. There was loads of questions coming in. Thanks again to everybody who joined. I think we had about 50 people watching at one stage. Let's get that up to 100. It was a bit of crack. There was a lot of questions coming in. And it's time, like you guys can have your say on, on, on the team sheet as well. So we'll, we will be coming back uh, with that uh, later on or on Saturday. Also, we will have our preview show later on in the week as well, the Liverpool preview show. And uh, yeah, I'm a bit more confident now about facing Liverpool and getting something out of the game. But until then, I suppose let's bask in the glory of coming back and uh, and beating beating Fulham and hopefully getting the train back on the tracks again. You can catch Paddy on. Oh, before we go, happy birthday, Dennis Mortimer! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! What, El what Capitano! El Capitan, exactly. Is he 67? Do I see that somewhere today? If he wasn't, Not I feel sure. awful. Oh, I thought it said 69. Anyway. <laughs> Look, uh, see we're first. We'll, we'll deflect and say also happy birthday to Tommy Hammer. Tommy Hitzelsberger is his birthday today as well. And Tommy, Tommy Hitzelsberger is in 67. I'm going to put Tommy yes, down for... Ah, he's about... Since I was being so nice at Dennis Mortimer knocking two years off his, uh, off his age, I'm going to say Tommy's about 40. Yeah, he looks 40. Yeah, I'm going to say that. And if either <laughs> of the two of you are listening to the podcast, see, we're sound... We think you're very young looking. Give us a shout. We'd love to have you on and talk to you. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, you have to do with us. And you can catch Paddy on <laughs> at Philip Paddy, and you can catch me on at Love McGrath Pod. Please, if you guys like the podcast and you're listening to the audio version, please subscribe to the podcast. Please leave us some uh, written reviews on Apple Podcast or on Spotify and give us some five stars. Cost nothing. Really helps just get the show out there. If you're watching us on YouTube or even if you're listening to the audio version and you want to catch us on YouTube in future when we go live, please subscribe on YouTube. Click the click the, the bell button. Once again, cost nothing. And look, if you don't want to watch in, you don't have to. But never know, you might miss one of the best ever live uh, YouTube streams of your whole entire life. So I hope I've put the FOMO on you there and uh, you do watch in because it was great crack last Saturday. Um, thanks, everybody, for everything you do. I know I've asked you all for subscriptions and likes and things there, but I really appreciate everything everybody does for this podcast so far. Um, I'm enjoying the absolute hell out of doing this, and so is Petty, and we just want to be able to come and do more and more things. I do, I do a podcast every day if I could possibly find the time to do it. And you never know. We might find the time at some stage. There's always time. Yeah, Paddy's looking at me going, <laughs> I, I, I've got a long, life. Long to the time, we just need to find something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll find something to talk about. We're nearly going an hour here for a thing that I said we'd only do 20 minutes on. So uh, there is that too. But listen, guys, thanks so much for everything you do. Fulham are beaten on towards Liverpool. Can we get into Europe? Meh, I won't be booking my tickets. But do you know what? I'm going to have some crack watching games, trying to figure out if we can. So thanks, everybody. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.